Hello and welcome to episode five of Holmes and Away. I'm Abby Holmes, joined by Nick O'Reilly. And Nico, it's Monday post AFL Grand Final and NRL Grand Final. What a weekend of sport we had. It was unbelievable. It was the first weekend, it was the first time in a long time that I haven't had a few beers and watched the footy. I actually watched it and Did enjoyed you? it. Yeah. I've heard of. I was a I was a big boy. I think I'm growing up. I watched it with uh with the old boy uh, up in Bendigo and uh, geez, what a game it was to sit back and, you know, have commentary and really soak it up. It was an unbelievable game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty special. Um, I was working on the boundary mm. and just the crowd in that last quarter was noise like I've never heard before. Um, obviously, West Coast Eagles coming out on top with 11 goals, 13-79, defeating Collingwood, 11 goals, 8-74. Unbelievable. Five points, Nico. They were... Well, Eagles were in front for, for a total of like eight minutes or something for the day, weren't they? Yeah, your heart breaks for Collingwood, who yeah. did lead majority of yeah. the game. They <laughs> piled on five goals to zip very, very quickly in that opening term. But um, credit to the experience in that mm. West Coast Eagles side that was able to, I guess, get to the quarter time break, regroup, yeah. and then um, come out firing from the second I'll quarter. I'll tell you what, I love, like, you know, as an Essendon man, I've never really liked Collingwood. But I really like this Collingwood playing group yeah. and I, re- I love Nathan Buckley. Do you know like, what? It's funny, isn't it? Because everybody is smashing Nathan Buckley in 2017. Uh, yeah. Comes out 2018. Everybody no. says he's not going to have a job by round six and look at what he's achieved with this group. But, and now come to the end of the year when he's one coach of the year, mm, everybody, including yourself, yeah. is now saying, I, I love, love Nathan Buckley. Like, what a bloke. Like he's, what a bloke. And, you know, like there was a few funny things. Everyone's talking about it. The poor... Um, you know, the people that put in their time and effort and do the banners and stuff on the yeah, weekend. Love them. God bless them. But the banner, <laughs> the banner rip. But yeah. as like Buckley, you know, comes out and like hugs the, you know, um, hugs a woman that... Cheer squad. Yeah. yeah love that, it. Yeah. He was like, what a bloke. And then nope. to see after the game too, the, the runner, yeah. again, who's, you know, it's been all over the media, the runner, you know, sort of blames himself for the loss and... You know, pretty big deal. Uh, yeah, and good for Bucks to get over and console yeah. him because he was, yeah, he was bawling his eyes out in oh, the rooms terrible. after the game. But, but it wasn't his, like, it's just a missed kick and Hunter's yeah. wearing pink. Yeah. Right? No, he shouldn't, you know, there's a million different t- points in time in mm. any one game, so he can't blame himself for no. that, that one moment. No. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, Collingwood didn't get the win, but... What what a game! Oh. What a what a year that they've had. Um, Luke Shuey was brilliant, the Norm Smith medalist mm. for 2018. He kicked one goal, one, and had 34 disposals, and was the clear difference yeah. in the end between the two sides. Um, I was saying throughout the um, throughout the game, I was thought it's definitely Shuey or mm. or McGovern was huge down back yeah. too, wasn't he? He um, was unbelievable, and it was like it's, it's like you know what what don't you do. <laughs> um, as the opposition player, you don't sit in on McGovern's head. No, it was you like, do oh, not. It to him. And you just do not. Clunking them, wasn't he? Yeah, the um, best contested marker yeah. <laughs> in the competition. But Kennedy, massive with three goals too, as well. And Jack Darling, for me, he was pretty quiet in that first half, mm. but three quarter time, he changed the game. Well, he, he only had the twelve disposals, but it was the work that he was doing up the ground mm. in that third quarter, which really set up West Coast going forward. He took six marks, four of which were contested in that third quarter, and that look that was huge. And I and I watched um, Fox Footy at halftime, and Big Jonathan Brand was saying, you know, uh, Darling needs to get into the game. Mm. Um, you know, what's he need to do? Well, he probably needs to drive the knees into someone. He needs to drop someone yeah. coming off, uh, you know, centre forward. And uh, and I think it was um, 
it was well, one of the other commentators was laughing and of course this is what you think Brownie and being you know yeah. Jonathan Brown the legend that is and a tough unit but uh, he did he worked himself into the game beautifully and he was um, he was probably the difference in the end clunking those marks down uh, you know that get out kick out of their back line wasn't and, he and that's the thing if it's not quite going your way inside 50 as a tall target mm. up forward get up the ground yeah. be the playmaker rather than the guy that's you know kicking the footy through the big sticks and that's what he did Beautifully, you should be a coach. That's oh. funny, funny, unreal. There you go. Thanks, Nico. <laughs> um, but also down back, helping out Jeremy McGovern was Tom Barras. I think he's oh. one of the most underrated yeah. defenders in the competition, and the work that he put into Mason Cox mm. was brilliant. Obviously, yeah. Mason Cox being two hundred and eleven <laughs> centimeters, you just can't let him fly at the ball, and no. that's exactly what Tom Barras did, and exactly why Mason Cox did not have an impact on that game until. Halftime. Obviously, he was able to get off the leash and mm. kick a couple of goals yeah. in the second half, but it was that work early from Barras that um, you know also nullified Cox's impact. See, I wonder how tall Barras is because Barras looks like a midget compared to Cox. And there was a few few times where he outmarked him, and uh, that I was just like, yeah. who in the hell is this? Well, he gives up seventeen centimeters yeah, well, to Mason Cox. There you go. And God knows how many kilos as well. So oh, no. um, yeah, a mammoth job by him. Um, but as well, Nico. I was in the rooms after the game, grabbing players left, right and centre to interview yeah. them. But my heart well and truly goes out to a number of guys who didn't get the opportunity mm. to take the field. Don't get me wrong, but three in particular. Yeah. That is Nick Nack Nui, who yeah, suffered definitely. the ACL injury, pivotal part to this side's success. Yeah. Brad Shepard yep. tore the hammy in Did the final. Did the Holmes hamstring. Holmes hamstring. <laughs> and Andrew Gaff. We oh, know no. that, unfortunately, um, he had a bit of a brain fade and um, copped yeah. an eight-week suspension. But we know what kind of a man he is. Yeah. Um, very uncharacteristic from his behalf. And, unfortunately, due to that action, he's missed out on becoming a premiership player. So, he was... Unconsolable yeah. in the rooms yeah. after the game, and it just broke my heart. How's the um? But how's those three huge names? But yeah. what you know? What how do you get them back into the side that just won the premiership? Too you know, like what a great problem West Coast have going into next year. Yeah. And now that they've um, we've spoken about you know uh, West Coast playing over in the new stadium over there. Yeah. It's the G. You know they'll they'll probably go in favourites again next year, won't they? Well, it just shows the depth that they have mm. in that playing group obviously to have guys and step up in those positions and have an impact Scott Lysett what a mm. I guess what a, a role he's played this year he was always the second ruck to Nick yeah. Nat obviously him going down means that Scotty was given the nod to take on that role as the first ruck and what a brilliant job he's done um yeah you, you know they're not going to lose him obviously trade talks he's going to head back home to Adelaide but Port Adelaide um but Mammoth year from him as well. And yep. how funny the fact that they've won the flag. He was still wearing his footy boots, Nick, when he got <laughs> off the plane in Perth and went to the, the you know, post-match yeah. celebrations in, in Perth. With so them, he wore loving... them all day, all night, all day. I haven't, I'll have to look for that. But I, was looking, I, was <laughs> set, I saw um, a photo, um, Julie Bishop flying. She was on the same flight. Poor and there woman. was some <laughs> real loose-looking units yes. with... Uh, with Julie Bishop and uh, and the cup getting back over to Perth. I just wanted to touch on a few things too. Travis Varco's goal, mm. um, you know, the first goal scorer, unbelievable. Oh. I saw him, He, I think he got a possession on, on half back, kicked it, I don't know, 20 metres, and then I saw him gut run down. Mm. I just thought straight away he's going to kick, he's going to run up and kick this, and he did, and it was bloody unbelievable, and what a moment for him. Very fitting for him to mm. kick the opening goal of that game. Um, obviously what he's gone through yeah. this year losing an immediate family member just on the eve of yeah. finals and um 
Yeah, it was pretty special. Once again, I'm on the boundary and Trav was walking up and down before he goes back to the interchange, obviously. And yeah. he had Maggie written on his tape, on his arm. You see that. Yeah. yeah. Quite big, so you yeah. could definitely see. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what a moment for him, his family, under under such duress that they've been under this year. Uh, another another huge moment for me too was Liam Ryan's massive bump on Maynard. Like, crunch, <laughs> straight down the middle. Great bump. Fair. like Fair. Very yeah. fair. Uh, he copped a few boos, a big boy after that. And then another moment was uh, Lamb Ryan sort of maybe pooed his pants a little bit and pulled out of a marking contest. Yeah. But later on took a real a huge clunk, you know, huge clunk at centre half forward. Yeah, and, he uh, did. Made up for it, which well, I thought mark, was fantastic. You want guys cracking into packs and backing themselves in. It's all about courage, isn't it? Mm. Going back with the flight of the ball. And unfortunately, he just chickened out at the last minute and dropped the mark. But yeah. that hit that he did on Maynard happened right in front of me. And mm. it, oh, it was hard. Yeah. I heard it. I heard it from yeah. the sidelines. But um, Maynard let him know as well. He had to come off the ground just to regroup. But yeah. he um, let Liam Ryan know on the, <laughs> <laughs> on the way to the bench that he wasn't overly happy about it. Uh, this is everyone's talking about this. AFL legend Lee Matthews has said that the umpires have choked with that decision uh, with Willie Rioli shepherding out with uh, the Dom Sheed mark mm. with a few minutes to go. What was your take on it from the uh, from where you were sitting? I think Lee might be over exaggerating a little bit. I think that it was a it was a mark, yeah. um, and Sheed obviously went back, slotted the goal, basically won the game for West yeah. Coast. So obviously a, a pivotal part in that game, but. Um, yeah, for me it was a mark. What about you, Nick? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a mark. And it yeah. happens every game. It does. And, and the other thing is too, you know, like shepherding on the, the goal line for a goal to go through, yeah. you can basically pull out a knife, shiv someone in the throat. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not you can't really. do that. But Certainly you know what can't I mean? do that. You can, you can do whatever you want to let the ball go through. Yeah. So like, I don't know, It's it happens all the time. Yeah. And if you're going to um, if you're gonna pull up stuff like that, we well, could have pulled up so many other things. Like the umpires put the whistle away, don't they? Yeah. Well, you know, they say they don't, but they do. But it would be very nerve-wracking being an umpire oh, on yeah. grand final day, well, wouldn't it? I don't envy them. I'd oh, take my hat off to me. them. Um, I couldn't. Yeah, it makes me... I'd get... Ang- I'd have an anxiety attack if yeah. I was a grand final. Um, um, just on this one as well, I want to say massive congratulations to Shannon Hearn, obviously premiership mm. captain. He's a bit of a silent assassin. I saw the photos of you yeah. and him in the room. Oh, so I fantastic. played netball. I basically grew up with his sister. Oh, did netball, you? So he's a Didn't fantastic Barossa boy um, yeah. from South Australia and... Yeah, what he's achieved, yeah. fantastic. His family were in the rooms and they were just bursting oh, with pride. Yeah. Um, he actually had the opportunity as a youngster to pursue a career in cricket or pursue a career oh, in footy. One of them. And you hear I, them all the time. Oh, don't you? I interviewed him post game. Cricket or footy? footy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had him post game for an interview and I just said, I bet you're bloody glad that you yeah. chose footy standing here as a premiership captain yeah. um, in the AFL. So what, a huge... Do you know what he What was your bowler or. Oh, Nico, I no know. idea. No. <laughs> I'll ask him next time. <laughs> yeah, make um, sure you do. But yeah, huge congratulations to Shannon Hearn and the entire Hearn family. Uh, let's talk about the Dom Shea goal because that was, he didn't go the the snap, the run around. He, he backed just himself went in. <laughs> he backed himself in, didn't he? That was incredible. How great was that? That will go down. That's for me, that'll go down in history yeah. as one of the most heroic acts in a grand final. Like It reminds me of like, you know, Leo Barry taking that mark and, yeah. you know, a few... Um, that goal, 100%. Maddie Scarlett doing the little toe poke over the gaze. It's the same sort of vibe. It'll go, you know, people will talk about it for years and I can't believe he kicked it, yeah. you know. And when he was when he was lining up just for the straight drop punt, I was like, no, what, is he doing? what are you doing, yeah. buddy? Anyway. 
He nailed it. Backed himself in and slotted the goal. Gave West Coast the lead. Uh, so, yes. So, big, huge congratulations to West Coast. Unbelievable game. Um, in other AFL news, Aaron Hall and uh, Polak from Port Adelaide and Gaff from the Eagles. Looks like they might, well, they probably will, likely to line up for the Kangaroos in 2019. Huge line-up if isn't they it? can, if they can get those guys, isn't what it? What are Kangaroos going to give up for all them? Well, that's the thing. They've been chasing a big fish for the Health, last five they? years and mm. have been knocked back each and every year. So they've been building room in the salary cap to, yeah. to go bang and, and land some of the big dogs. So, um, yeah, I love trade period. Oh, I love the rumour mill. I think I've said I this know. before. How, do you know how long we've got of it? I think about two or three more weeks. Yeah, yeah. Still so it's great. It's like go, the, yeah. I mean, it's always. I hate this. You know, I sound a bit flat today because I get to like Saturday night after the grand final. I go, well, that's it. Like, yeah, that's it now for six months. I know. However, not really, not really. The NTFL season's about to fire and up the up AFL north. W, Nico. Oh, I can't wait. That. When does that kick off? February. When are you gonna? Are you, what are you doing? Uh, I've got to have. Um, yeah, we're just waiting to see. The home hamstring. Home hamstring. Nah, home hamstring's fine. So, Is it? Um, yeah, we're just waiting. Make to sure see we what get happens. the exclusive with you on the podcast yeah, about what you're going to do. Hundred percent. Most talked about hamstring in <laughs> AFL women's football. Those uh, hammies are. Um, so yeah, so the NTFL season starting up there, which is, would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, if you jump on their social media, you can watch games live, and it's great. Great competition, isn't it, Abs? Yeah, it's getting a lot more exposure than it mm. did five or ten years ago. So some great players up there in the NTFL, yeah. and I can't wait to see who's going to step up this year. There's some great names. I did an interview with uh, Mix 104 on Sunday yep. talking about the um, the uh, the season ahead, and uh, we're talking about some of the players again out there. Lindsay Thomas that played at North Melbourne Buffs. and um, – and where did he – Played the finish this year with Port, Port Adelaide. Yeah. So he's playing with Maddie Campbell and yeah, the Buffs. Yeah. So there's a few there's a few good names rolling around in the NTFL this year. There is. Uh, it'll be pretty exciting. I think Jared Brennan plays for the Crocs. He'll yeah. be playing it, he'll be going around again. Yep, Brody Philo's gonna head back up full time. He's yeah. just taken out the league medal for where he was mm. playing this year. Yeah, in the um, um Murray League or Yeah, for Aubrey or Wodonga or one of Ovens those ones in the ovens, let Murray that ovens. Right? Yeah, that's the one. My Murray um, oven. So my oven Murray. Yeah, he's going to go up there full time for Nightcliff. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, he's one of the best players I've seen yeah, out of crack, the AFL. He? He's a cracker. Um, four walls. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, so the NTFL, that'll be a uh, great season ahead. And of course, AFLW kicking off early next year. Uh, last night on the Sunday, the uh, Melbourne Storm. Went down. They really they, stunk it up, didn't they? <laughs> the did roosters. they even rock up nah. to half time? Nah, they no. No. Twenty one six they lost. I'm um, not a massive like I obviously love all sports. Same. But when it comes to rugby, I'm not completely on top of it. No. But I could tell, obviously, yeah. that Melbourne Storm didn't rock up for half of footy and um, no. Roosters made the most of their opportunities and came out firing. I'll tell you what I didn't like, and Cam Smith pulled this up too, was the Roosters. Fans, every time Billy got near it or anything, even pre-game, after the game, he got booed that's by not, the Roosters. That's not good. That was his last game. He's, He's a legend the best of the ever, N- yeah, legend you know? of the NRL, and that's how. How much has he bought to the game? Yeah, right. that was the reception he had. It was pretty disappointing by the crowd uh, over there in Sydney. But um, congratulations to Billy Slater on a fantastic Unbelievable career. Unbelievable bloke. Um, Cooper Cronk played with a fractured scapula <laughs> and was playing at thirty percent. You could see him running around holding his shoulder, couldn't you? He was running around with his shoulder clearly lopsided yeah. downwards and just had one arm. Um, but yeah, as you said, but he still had an impact. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, he did fractured scapula, and they've now obviously the game's over. They've won the mm. the premiership. They've now come out and said, yeah, he was playing at 40 percent. So, but a thirty percent um, Cooper Cronk. Yeah. Yeah, you'd still have him in your side. Wouldn't you? 
Unbelievable. And uh, and the the halftime. Oh no, sorry. The the entertainment beforehand. Uh, the Gang of Youths uh, played, which is a huge Aussie band. Brendan Favola sort of had a crack of them at on uh, Twitter, which I slammed him down. But a lot of people don't actually know who the Gang of Youths are and just had a red-hot crack at them. Um, I don't know why, really. They're an absolutely... Like, they're one of the biggest rock bands in the country, but Fev had a crack at them, then they had a f- crack back, and anyway. And it's the same with the same with the AFL. So, just going back to the AFL briefly. The Black Eyed Peas played. What was your take on the Black Eyed Peas? Oh, look, I thought they were great. I like they're the unreal. Black Eyed Peas. And, yeah. <laughs> no Fergalicious, though. Do you know oh, I had a dream about <laughs> Fergalicious on... The weekend. Did you? Oh, so weird. it was. I woke up thinking, "Oh my god, I'm hanging out with Fergalicious." There you, go. you don't call her Fergalicious, you do you? Don't call her Fergalicious. <laughs> no. Nah. Anyway, um, if, you are, if you can hear that background background noise as well, that is our next guest, our very special guest. Who was it? What was it? What that's, was that that's noise? That's my doorbell. Is it? Yeah, we've Bloody got a technology. special guest coming up. Nick. Anyway, we'll have a quick little spell, and we'll be back with uh, Georgie Parker, not from All Saints, but the footy player, right after this. Love those short breaks on Holmes and Away. It's unreal. 15 seconds. 15 seconds. But we're joined by a very special guest, a great friend of mine, current AFLW player with Collingwood Footy Club, Georgie Parker. Thank you for joining us. Hello, girls and boys. Hello, Georgie. How's your voice going there, love? Yeah, it's been a big weekend. Too much cheering (laughs) at the MCG. Yeah, it was a tough, tough little period of my life there. How'd you get through it? What happened? Oh, well, <laughs> do we need to relive those moments yeah. in my life? <laughs> do we, well, you were doing we well for two uh, and a half quarters. Everybody thought you were going to yeah, take yeah. the win quite easy. Yeah, I thought so too. But mm. look, they're good on the day, the old Eagles. That's my PC answer. So Yeah. Now, Hello. you're obviously AFLW now, but your career, um, I guess, is more renowned in the hockey space. You're a former hockey roo. I thought you were about to say in the acting world. No. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. So I got confused. <laughs> I did get confused when we said, oh, Georgie Parker's coming on Holmes and Away this week. And I was like, well, God, I'm going to ask her so much about All Saints, Home and Away. Well, Nick, I'm at Country September Francis. Club Saturday night with Georgie Parker. Someone taps her on the shoulder. She turns around and they they go, oh, my God, I just wanted to say I absolutely love your work in All Saints. <laughs> and your response was, George? Um, don't forget our country practice. I'm two-time gold, Loki, you guys. <laughs> you do it all. Hockey do it all. I'm a triple threat. Yeah. You are a triple threat. I am. I really am. But um, coming back to, obviously, your sporting prowess here. We'll leave the acting at the you front door. You went to the 2014 World Cup. You won a gold medal in... Uh, the Com Games. Yes. And you were a member of the team that went to the 2016 Summer Olympics. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So talk us through mm. your hockey roo days and how you really started in that space. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people who are playing AFLW now, especially the cross-coders, I would have played footy as a kid if I could. 100%. But, um, I couldn't. I played in a country – I lived in a country town and wasn't very big. There wasn't any um, – the youngest boys team was an under-14 team and I was a little eight-year-old not wanting to play netball because I was always getting called for contact. Um, <laughs> so mum goes, okay, well, you can play hockey. And I played in a boys team in hockey. Um 
but it's probably not as physical as football, clearly. So um, played hockey and, and clearly had a pretty cool career. Got to travel the world, live overseas. Yeah, and, amazing. Um, experience some things that um, a lot of people don't, especially things like the Olympics and Com Games. So mm. pretty incredible career. Um, very proud of it. Um, yeah. And now I get to live out another childhood dream of uh, being an AFL player. Where mm. are some of the places that you have travelled to and lived in particular? Because it is pretty crazy that sport can take you from a small country town in Australia to every corner of the globe. It's sensational. Yeah, yeah. So I um, lived in Belgium actually for a year and I lived in London for a year oh. as well. Um, travelled to six of the seven continents. I haven't, I haven't played in Antarctica actually. That's, um, that's but, that's no, probably lucky. It'd be pretty cold down <laughs> there. Oh, you haven't lived. So. But, you know, like I've been to South America, North America. America, Europe, Unreal. Asia, like everywhere hockey is. It's a, such a big global sport. So yeah. um, even though Australians think of it every four years, it's very big in special yeah. places like Argentina um, and Chile, uh, India, it's massive. Um, Holland, it's their national sport for females. And yeah. England is really big as well. So especially after them winning gold in um, the Summer Olympics in Rio, it's very yeah. it's grown huge there. So um, it's a it's a great sport, and I'm very very um, lucky to have been able to play all those yeah. in those all those places. And um, don't say lucky, you worked your absolute no, absolutely. I, I know there. I often say that, um, <laughs> but, but I yeah. have been given opportunities, and I'm lucky. That I'm glad that I took those opportunities as a little girl and growing up as a teenager. So you're playing for Collingwood now, but so where does hockey sit with you now? Do you? continue the hockey dream or does that sort of get pushed uh, no, back for so a while? No, so I actually retired after Rio. Uh, it was a pretty right. disappointing campaign for us. We went there meant to medal and they ranked second in the world and, and yep. bombed out in the quarterfinals um, along with our men, um, mm. which, you know, we're all Australians and Australians are very much um, – we love success, don't we? Yeah. And we, we grasp onto it and we're the first to um, hate on people who don't. And, you know, us especially, we were meant to um, come with a medal and we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, very disappointing. And I didn't think I could go for another four years and really invest in yeah. how much I needed to to get the most out of myself and to do the best for my team as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, stopped after Rio, went and lived overseas, popped on 10 kilos and it was awesome. <laughs> how was that? What did you, what I drank did you a find lot of yourself? Beer. <laughs> beer? Beer. They're, they're known for their beer, old Belgium. And yeah. Yeah. They're very different culture over there. Yeah. You know, come hockey here, it's like you finish your game, where's your protein shake? You go yeah. over there, get off yeah. the field, and here's your beer. Yeah. So it's a, it was it's a, a great. Like Darwin, and really, <laughs> I was going to say it's like darts playing darts as well, isn't it? Uh, yes, I mean, I, I needed that um, mental break and because um, for so long I was very strict on what I had to do with my mm. lifestyle and yeah. um, went over there and, and enjoyed my life, travelled a lot and. Um, yeah, lived, lived my dream for a little bit and yeah. uh, then got the phone calls in the footy. But, I mean, now I played club over the winter season combined with my footy, um, you know, clearly with AFLW being over yeah. summer, um, mm. just for a bit of cash just to get me through because I still love it and I love the people that I've yeah. um, played with for so long and it's such yeah. a big part of my life. Um, for me, it was just a social thing. I trained once a fortnight, played on a weekend and, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I had. 20 years of experience that I can do that. So. Yeah. And, and it was nice, you know, I'm not yelling at umpires anymore because I'm like, eh, it's okay, you know. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how much I've chewed out <laughs> now yeah. that I'm like not so invested in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said that you received some calls, obviously, about joining the AFLW with Collingwood as a rookie. I know that you received a number of calls from other clubs as well, but how did 
I guess, footy. How did that come about? How did you make it to the AFLW? And in terms of the transitioning skills, how did you find that as well? Yeah, it's just very different learning a um, sport when you're 28 as opposed mm. to when you're eight. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you're eight, you have you don't really care that you're the worst there or your best there. You're just running around and enjoying your um, – you don't really have an ego clearly when you're eight. Mm. Well, I didn't anyway. And um, when I'm 28 and I've just come from being one of the best in the world to – suddenly coming back and being like oh my god I'm in the worst in the team I mm. had to say sorry all the time because I was stuffing up drills and having to go to the back of the line because I was nervous like I honestly was more nervous going to every single training session than I was heading into my Olympic quarterfinal yeah, it was wow. amazing just that feeling just because I put that pressure on myself of this high standard that I have for myself and it was um a very different um, feeling going that way. You're really uncomfortable and out of your um, comfort zone. But mm. I uh, um, really learn a lot about lucky, – I'm lucky that I did have that experience as an athlete for so long because you learn how to teach, um, learn, you learn how to learn, um, you learn how to um, use your body. Yeah. Um, you can work on your skills that um, – you can adapt from my hockey to the football. I, I knew what I could adapt and how I could use those skill sets from my pre- previous career into football. Mm. Um, whereas I probably wouldn't have been able to do that if I was 18 or 19. Um, mm. It would have been a completely different way of going into it. But, um, you know, I improved. the improvement that you see is amazing. And yeah. um, you have to be pretty resilient to sort of toss that ego aside and yeah. um, go, it's okay, you're allowed to stuff up and, and mm. just move on. Were there any girls that, you know, really kind of took you under their wing? Girls that have played the game for a number of years, might have played since their teens, um, who helped you, I guess, transition into into footy from hockey? Yeah, it's it's funny because everyone wants to help, but you can't have... 28 voices in the back of your head telling you every yeah. single thing you do wrong. Yeah. So you have to kind of pick and choose who you're going to hear. So um, every time someone said something to me, I'd take it on board and sometimes I'd just dismiss it because it's too much information going on in your head. Mm. Um, so I kind of picked a couple of voices and really stuck with them. So Britt Benici for me, she was one of my midfielders. She's wonderful, she's isn't she? She's a beautiful girl. <laughs> and, um, she's only a kid as well and she wants to learn things from me like in terms of leadership and um, how you go about your training and your business in that sort of way so I could help her and she could really help me with my skill set and she's probably the voice that I went to the most mm. um, and then in turn of just adapting in, into the football world because it is a different kind of culture to a lot of different sports you know someone like Ruby Schleicher who is just a lad who just gets around the around the girls she's someone yeah. that really made me feel the most comfortable in the group as yeah. well so um, I had a couple to to pick from but Britt and Rubes would be the ones that stand out to me yeah and what are your goals moving forward in the footy space no doubt obviously you're chasing a an AFLW premiership yeah, yeah. but for you personally as well is there anything that you're really aiming for over the next year or so I mean it's pretty cliche to say I just want to get the most out of myself which which I do because I mean I don't know where the ceiling is for me mm. um I guess uh, physical side's one thing and um, growing on that sort of side but um, because it's so new to me I just don't know how much more I can improve so yeah. every time I'm kicking a ball it's getting better and better and I come into a session and goes oh you you could see the improvement and you can see the look of the coaches going like yeah we made the right decision in picking you yeah um, which is a really it makes you feel pretty nice inside but I mean the goal for me is to be playing as much as I can for as long as I can mm. um, I want to be contributing to 
to the girls on and off the field, um, leaving a legacy behind with this um, movement of the AFLW. It's an exciting time, not just for football, but for women's sport in general. And mm. it's, an, um, it's something that I can be a massive part of, even more so than I was with hockey, because AFL has got the backing of the AFL with the cash and the money behind us to really push women's sport going forward and then leaving that legacy not just at Collingwood or whatever club I end up with in the future. Mm. So, you know, you've got one-year contracts, you never know where, where you'll, be. you'll end up. But mm. leave that legacy of not just whatever club I'm at, but the AFL moving forward, mm. AFLW. What about off the field? What's uh, what's in the, uh, on the horizon for you? Well, it took me a fair amount of time to finish my journalism and PR degree, but now Beautiful. I've done that, I just um, want to... Uh, yeah, I want to work. I've always wanted to work in the AFL yeah. media world. Um, mm. I've always wanted to be involved with the clubs, um, with the guys. Uh, not in a way that I'm going to be a journo that ruins their lives. No, yeah. I never want to be that. I just want to be able to tell their stories and get the emotions of the game to um, to the viewers at home because I understand what they're feeling. Abby, you know what they're feeling, mm. and where if you're in there in a change room and you can actually, you know what's going on you really want to be able to relay mm. that because and i think athletes are able to draw that out of Do other you, athletes more so than, that's where you can relate with people yeah. obviously being athletes ourselves yeah. where you're a journo yes but you're not trying to tell the you're not trying to break a story no. every week or every day you know you're not going to if somebody tells you in confidence that they've got a hamstring injury that nobody knows about, blah, 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 you're not going to go and ring the Herald Sun or write the story or... God, no. I do yeah. with your hamstring, yeah. though, don't I? Nick breaks the news of my hamstring every It's like an exclusive podcast. on the Holmes hamstring. <laughs> no, but it's right, isn't it? You know, like I'm the, exactly. I'm the same. You, you become essentially mates with these guys Absolutely. and, um, you know, love their story, follow their story and wish them success in the AFL world. Yeah, that's it. And I mean... The media world, they're so important to the sport yeah. because, and athletes kind of know that to an extent, but I think, um, you know, they don't have the best rap because mm. they don't trust them because they're mm. scared that they might say the wrong thing and, and things get, yeah. you know, twisted and morphed into something else. Whereas I would never do that because I'm one of them. I still am. And I think um, I always, you always want to be, you know, you speak to past players and yeah. they find the transition to coaching quite hard because mm. they go, I really struggle on game day because I want to be out there with yeah. them you know and, yeah. and you've got to flip and you know swap your hats over and um and change your tune but uh, I, you know I, I love i love being part of a sporting world sporting teams it's you can learn so much in the real world and i always say that when i coach to kids it's like this is real life skills i'm teaching it's mm. nothing to do with sport you can take this into whatever you do and i love that about sport and um i just want to make sure that fans can experience everything that i have experienced as a player and um mm. and make sure that they get those emotions as well do you guys sorry do you guys find are you finding now it's starting to change a little bit where like kids like jack higgins and stuff are like a little bit more real they're not robots they don't i love that about jack higgins oh he's so and you know say, what you get the media coming out and slamming him for for making them laugh and you know I I think it was Grimesy did the joke with Jack, um, with Rioli, sorry. Yeah. It was Rioli. And gave him the phone to try and make him laugh. And they got smashed by the media. I love that. Oh, it I shows that they're people. It shows yeah, that they, exactly. they've got personalities That's and character. Though, it? it is. Yeah. And it's just a game. We're running yeah, exactly. around, kicking a bloody kangaroo skin yeah. around an oval-shaped <laughs> ball where well, you get points and missing. Like, yeah. in the end, it's, yeah. it's all just stupid. It's all just a made-up thing. Yeah. And once you sort of toss that aside and go, it's just a game. Mm. It's going to be okay at the end of the day. But yeah, you know, yeah. Collingwood <laughs> just lost. I'm not there 
crying about it. No, I, it's know, a game. It, it's a game. In the end, I can be upset and, of course, you're investing a lot of emotions in it. But yeah. it doesn't make you less of a person if you've lost a premiership. No. Well, or you've won one. It doesn't make you any better of a person either. And that's just, I guess, um, where some of the media, I think, if they haven't played and experienced it, they kind of get a little bit on their high horse. Mm. Um, and so I want to just make sure that they can bridge that gap a little bit from the the female side especially. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on North Melbourne Geelong coming in AFLW season 2019? Yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, I think AFL have shot themselves in the foot a little bit with how mm. quickly they wanted to expand the comp. And I think most AFLW girls think the same. The fact that most people go, I'm pretty safe. I've got a contract somewhere if I want to play. Yeah. Um, especially 29, uh, 2020 when 100%. you've got another four teams coming in. And, um, you know, they, they saw the success of the first year and everyone wanted to jump on board. And yeah. that's great. I'm glad. Mm. I, I love that everyone wanted to that. Mm. But, you know, you've got to kind of think of the, the grassroots level. You've got to grow that first and it yeah. is coming. There's kids mm. playing. It's coming, this. isn't it? But I don't want to be watching or, or playing in an under-18 comp and essentially that's what's going to happen in yeah. four years, in three years' time when another four teams come in yeah. and, you know, you're not going to get any more cross-coders. Cross-coders are going to start drying up because you've got the 2020 Olympics. If you told me in 2016, you can go to the Olympics or you can go play AFLW, I'd say, well, piss off, I'm going to Olympics. Yeah. Because I've played for 20 years to do that. Mm. Um, and, and most sports would do that. You're not going to go get a soccer player or a rugby mm. player next year, a uh, year after, sorry, because there's that bigger goal of Tokyo for them. You know, so the cross-coders you're going to get aren't your top-level uh, elite ones. You're going to get cross-coders that are on the fringe of that, yeah. um, the junior ones, and, and they're going to be valuable in their own right. But, you know, I think uh, it's going to – really dilute the competition mm. and um, they kind of just saw the end result as opposed to waiting the time and I think most of us kind of think the same thing. You think the same, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think the talent is coming. You know, you speak to people, I think I had a chat to Darren Flanagan at the VFL Grand Final as he was saying the 12-year-olds are better than the 14-year-olds, the 14-year-olds are better than the 16-year-olds, 16-year-olds yeah. better than the 18-year-olds exactly. at draft year. So the talent yeah. is coming. It just takes time. So exactly. and as you're saying, they just need to give it a few years yeah. to get that talent to catch exactly. up. Exactly. Well, you can't have a whole team of 18, 19-year-olds. They just – it's the load that they mm. won't be able to handle because yeah. the further we go into the competition, the more elite it's going to be. At the moment, it is very part-time. You yeah. can – have your Chloe Malloy's who come through the season at 19 mm. and able to get through the whole season mm. but in a few years time when we're training more than five minutes uh, five I mean when we're training more than um, three times a week and we're going up to five times a week mm. they're going to struggle to to keep that load at 18 I struggled to keep that load yeah. at 18 19 and and you have to build that tolerance up and um, that's more what I'm worried about these girls having this pressure at 18 to be able to have to yeah. be the best in the comp mm. and you know I think we've got some kids that I was playing with um, in WA and our best player in our team was an 18 year old like you said yeah they're amazing their skills are amazing but I know that she won't be able to handle the physical stuff because she's never been in the gym before yeah, yeah. she hasn't you been know, in the system exactly. it's just asking for injuries and for, for these girls who I don't want anyone getting injured I want the the comp to yeah. be lasting a long time. Well, the pathways are there now, so we're going to see some yeah. absolute beasts coming through. We've got through. some. No, yeah, no, there's no. A, what I've noticed over the last few years living in the Territory and spending a lot of time in remote Northern Territories, a lot of the young Indigenous girls that are born with a oh. foot in their hands are just yeah. absolute little freak shows. But again, it. you just got to, it's going to take time. Well, some of your girls came down and played in Geelong, didn't they? Yeah, there's a girl, uh, little Evie Damarunji, who's played for yeah, the VFLW. She's, she's played a few games. She's mm. great, but she's just, you know, again, she needs to spend a bit of time in the gym. 
build up her um, her engine and whatnot. Mm. Uh, but you know that'll take a few years, and then and her little sister again, who's sixteen, she's just like. A I little love that. freak I show. Love that. It oh, keeps it's an opportunity for so many people in these remote communities, just like it has for the boys for so long. Mm. Yeah, so it's great that you can actually have these opportunities. Um, Shani Layton's been in the in the media, and she's come lad. straight out of netball. Yeah. How does how does she how's she going to go with <laughs> AFLW? Well, she, have have you seen her? Yeah, Do you seen know? She's huge. Okay, so <laughs> I I grew up playing against Shani Layton. Oh, did you? Yep, she was a few years older than me. But moving into AFLW, I said, obviously with the cross-coders, yeah. if there was two netballers that I wanted to transition into footy, <laughs> we it, was, it was Ash Brazel and Sharni Layton. <laughs> yeah, right. So I played against Ash for a long time, um, wing attack, wing defence, and yeah. they're both playing for Collingwood. It's pretty oh, crazy. Well, Braz is an absolute machine yeah. of a human. She, it's a workhorse, her, isn't her she? workhorse. Her vertical leap is huge, mm. and she's just one of those freak natural talents. She could mm. give, play any sport and be a jet. Shani, I mean, I've not trained with Shani yet, but Shani's massive. Yeah. Do you know, so Georgie good. and I um, performed, I should oh. say, with her on the Channel <laughs> 9 footy show on Thursday night. Right. But oh, were you, who again. were you? Were you in the... She was with Aretha Franklin. Yeah, well, oh. The respect girls. To Aretha. But when Shani Layton's standing next to you, you can have a real appreciation for the sheer size of her. How Especially many, when she's standing in What is she? She's about 189 or yeah. something Holy like Hector. that. She's, she's, she's tall. She's huge, but yeah. she's also... So strong, yeah. it's, and that's that netball program. You've been. And she's yeah. agile. She's yeah. not just tall and lanky and whatnot. Yeah. She's agile. She's quick. Yeah. She can cover. You know, she's quick much of the court 10. in seconds. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's a um, bit of a funny unit on the um, with um, <laughs> on Spud Frawley and and whatnot. She's a unit. She uh, she's very confident. I tell she you is, what. Yeah. yeah, she knows she knows herself, and I like that. And I she, her, wait. and I had a really good chat actually because we were saying. You know, we're working in the media and Shani wants to get into that space as well. They're not going to shy away from who we are, what oh, we no. want to do. No. Um, we're not going to try and be this perfect fit that that yeah. others might want you to be or anything yeah. like that. We're here to be ourselves and, and whatever work comes your way, that's, yeah. you know, that's from being us, yourself. All three of us were like, girl power yeah. the whole time because we're all very similar we are, but, very, aren't we? but still different. We're not like they're competing against each other. Nah. Every time mm. Abs does something, like, oh, my God, Abs, that is so good. Yeah. And, yeah. and Shant is the same, you know. We just want the best for each other because mm. if Abby's doing well, there's more opportunities for me down the track. Yeah, and exactly. same with Shani and we all know that. Um, Bless and, you, Georgie oh, Parker. Look, just love it. I was going to hug it out. What? I know. <laughs> Give me a hug. <laughs> Bloody love you. Um, <laughs> but no, Shanza, she's a good chick. She's funny and she's yeah. loud. And she'll be a um, – she's a huge presence, not just physically, but mm. the way she oh. talks. She speaks like I do at the at moment. The moment. <laughs> well, after, after the weekend. But, uh, no, after the weekend. <laughs> you, know, so do you know, you actually sent me a voice memo just before to let me test her voice out and I thought it was Shani Layton. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you must have been having a coffee or something. Yeah, and I literally. listened to I thought you were Priscilla. Queen of a desert. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of my other talents. Yeah. Voiceover queen That's over here. It. That's it. You know, well, Georgie, like thanks it. so much for joining us. It's great to hear a little bit about your journey so far and what's to come. Thank you. Now, Thank everybody, you. don't forget to tune into Home and Away tonight at 7.30. Uh, no, just <laughs> featuring Georgie Parker just like every night. I'm always on Home and Away. But best of luck with everything that you've got going on this year and next year. It's going to be pretty exciting oh. to watch your line up in the black and white. Yeah, thank you. I cannot wait. Thanks, thanks mate. What a lovely girl Georgie Parker is. What a legend. I was just looking at the Olympic rings on her um, wrist that she's got tattooed. Yeah. 
that I don't have Olympic rings, but I've got the Coca-Cola label on my oh, hip. No. So we're different. We just keep getting... Why can't we get people that I can relate to yeah. on the show? <laughs> I thought you did very well at relating with Georgie Parker. Yeah, I suppose. But what a woman. I did. She's a, she's a weapon. She's That's an absolute she weapon. Is. That's the thing. She's so lovely in person. Mm. If you saw her, I've seen some of her highlights from the hockey field and yeah. obviously seeing her in action at footy. She's an absolute beast. She'd be brutal, I reckon, yeah. on the field. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it for the show today. We'll be back probably in a few weeks. Um, I'm going to Darwin. You'll be in Darwin in a I'll few weeks. I'll be in Darwin in a couple of weeks, so we'll catch up there and uh, see wait. what legendary... Um, I guess star who, that we could have on the show. I reckon we're going to try and get Maddie Campbell, the uh, who used to play for North Melbourne. Yeah, he's a legend. What about Michael Long? I'd love to have a chat to him. I'll try and get Longy as well. He's in. He's told me he's keen. Did he? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we can only try, Abs. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. Bye.